Welcome to Rocket Ship, the podcast where web developers learn the skills and secrets to ship awesome mobile apps. I'm Simon Grimm, creator of Galaxies.dev, and today's guest is Jan van Echelpoel. I hope I pronounced that correctly, it's a Belgium name. Uh, and Jan is an independent digital product builder, bridging the gap between design and development. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. I, I really love this line. I took it from Jan's personal uh, blog. So uh, as we've heard, you're, you're bridging the gap between design and development. What does it mean? Yeah, yeah. So uh, as you said, I'm an uh, independent digital product builder, uh, but I'm, I'm specialized in um, UI, UX design and front-end uh, development. So yeah, that's why yeah, I can bridge the gap uh, between design and development. Yeah, I, I feel like just just doing front end these days is is not even enough anymore. Do you like? Do you agree to that? Uh, I feel like having a strong understanding about both front end code, but also design is really beneficial uh, these days. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that, I I think that's an interesting uh, thing uh, to talk about because it's it's like the the big old uh, should designers code questions or or mm -hmm. should uh, developers design. Um, and and I think uh, it's, it's it can be a major added value to to your career or to, to yourself personally uh, if you know design as well as front end uh, development. Yeah, I I always try to pick it up. Um, like they're from I don't know was it from the Tailwind Creator or uh, these books? I can't remember exactly. They had like these little design snippet tricks or something. Yeah, uh, I, was I, it re was it refactoring UI? Yeah, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. It's, I think it was Refactoring UI by, by Steve uh, from, from Dillwind. Uh, yeah. Steve Sugar or something? Sugar, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. That, that's a great book for developers. I always, I think I actually bought it in a Black Friday sale, but you know what happens to these books. Uh, <laughs> I, never, I never got to read it. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, yeah, I always wanted to be a good designer. I, I kind of never got there. Um, maybe one day. Are you like? Can you really use Figma and these tools? They're always a mystery to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I work with Figma, or or well, actually, I started out uh, as a as a graphic designer or a web designer working in a in a small agency uh, back in 2015, and then websites were were made uh, with with regular Photoshop uh, mm -hmm, or, yeah. or Illustrator or tools like that. Uh, but then um, suddenly there was Sketch. Um, and yeah, Sketch was a big game changer uh, because making uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, web, web designs was so easy all of a sudden. Uh, and then later on there, there, there were great tools uh, like, uh, like Envision had, had a, an app as well, Envision Studio, I think it was called, mm -hmm. and, and then Figma. And now it's, yeah. I think it's all, it's all Figma um, <laughs> because of the collaborative features, but 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 also it's 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 a web app so also windows users can use it so they just yeah they're they're kind of killing all the others in the design space yeah, but, and but but i saw lately uh, i think adobe released a web preview of their tools and was kind of impressive that they like packaged up the whole photoshop into a web browser application i think there's actually a medium article about how they did it and how they're loading like lazy loading parts and so you can finally share URL right into your design. I think, yeah, well, we will see in the future if Adobe makes its comeback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's that says something about how how uh, 
how good the, the web or, 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 or browser uh, really is, uh, how powerful it is. Um, right, yeah. right. Uh, that, that brings us back to that Jan actually <laughs> used uh, PhoneGap for his uh, <laughs> thesis, and, and I also use Titanium Studio, both like wrapping web application into a mobile container. We will also get into something very special later on because uh, Jan actually developed a game, and I played that game for several weeks. Now, I gotta admit, at, at one point, I uninstalled it because. <laughs> A, I was on a cruise and our internet was really spotty. And at that time, I was number two actually in the, in the rankings. So I just couldn't <laughs> maintain my rank anymore. And I I felt like, yeah. Uh, and, and second, it actually became too addictive for me. So I just had to uninstall it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, Jan is the creator of the Nightlands game. We will get into game development and, and how he built it in a, uh, in a few minutes as well. But besides that, uh, as far as I know, Nightlands is a passion project and your your main work is freelancing. Um, I, I always found this interesting. So, so how did you get into freelancing? Was it like a, a, a hard switch or did you like slowly transition into it? How did you get your first clients? Could you, could you explain that? Yeah, well, um, as I said uh, earlier, I'm the, the start of my career in 2015, yeah, I was working in a design branding agency doing these basic web uh, stuff, like building marketing websites with plain HTML, CSS, and jQuery, um, or, or the news, HTML newsletters, which we all know are really <laughs> pain in the ass to, to oh, make. Yeah. Um, but, but I always had this urge of doing things myself. Um, and in my spare time, I was uh, already helping out friends who had a music band uh, with, their, with their website. Or uh, my dad has a transportation business, so I helped him out with a website as well. Um, so after a while, I think in 2017, I thought to myself, why not go freelancing um, on the side. So I did that for a couple of years. I, I worked four years uh, in the uh, four days in the agency, and one day was uh, yeah uh, my my freelancing time. So that's that's how I got into it. And uh, after a couple couple of years, I quit my job at the agency and and uh, became a full time freelancer. Yeah. That that must be exciting. Uh, finally taking that leap. Yeah, yeah, it was it was uh, very exciting, but also very scary because yeah, um, being a being a freelancer has both upsides and downsides. But one of the downsides is potentially is is uh, the uh, insurity of of uh, of job uh, mm -hmm. jobs you you can do. So. Uh, but but it was mostly exciting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I always tell myself because I'm also self-employed that there's no limit to the top, but also to the bottom. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, month, yeah. month could be zero or it could be 100k. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's not going to be 100k month usually, but it could. <laughs> If I would like hustle and build a crazy project, it could. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which it usually can't if you like just work uh, at a uh, an employment job. Yeah. Um, so, so you said in 2015 you used jQuery uh, back then, and yeah. in 2017 you became self-employed. And at some point along the way, you also picked up React, I guess. Was it also around that time, or uh, after you became a freelancer? Uh, no, it was it was in uh, also around the time in 2017. Um, there was all this this fuss on Twitter um, about about a new UI uh, framework. Um, and I, I've always been interested in, in designing and building UI, so uh, be going beyond the marketing website. 
Um, and then, yeah, I, I noticed all this fuzz on Twitter and just uh, checked it out and uh, found it really interesting. Did did some experiments with React uh, back in the, the agency. I remember uh, creating a little dashboard with React and, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I found it uh, super interesting. And, and, and also, I always had this, this small idea to create a mobile app. Uh, and then uh, as a side project in my spare time, I, I created my first React Native app uh, as well back in 2017. So uh, I learned a lot by do- by doing uh, these little side projects as well. Uh. Yeah, yeah. I also basically taught myself Swift or Objective-C um, during university because a friend and I had an idea and we just developed this numbers game. And I think this is like the perfect way you you don't really learn these skills in university at least from my experience you might pick them up in a boot camp or something but usually if you have your own interests in the project you want to develop then it's just the best way so so what was your first project you you did with react native what what was the app uh the app was called uh, flinder and it was uh an app to to uh to 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 get something uh to to get a suggestion to do something in your free time um, but based on the uh, current uh, weather conditions, the time, and your location. So when you open the app at, let's say, uh, 10 p.m., it would suggest all these fun nightlife, nightlife things to do, like like go to a bar, or go to a nightclub, or, or stuff like that. But if you open the app in a Sunday rainy afternoon, it would suggest uh, the musea or, or indoor stuff to do, um, Yeah, based on, on those parameters. Yeah, that's actually like a, a really cool cool thing. I mean, it's not becoming a, a super trendy app probably, but you had this idea and you, I guess you combined some APIs and uh, yeah, yeah. went through the whole process of shipping the app and just just that is like, you, you can't pay for that experience. Um, just understanding how you can release an app. Was that, um, that was the first app? Did you have any other apps in between that and the Nightlands app you've lately built? Um, as a, as a freelancing uh, project, I, I built an, uh, another app for a company called Campine, um, and it's the app I, I ended up building was basically like this digital work assistant where uh, employees um, could use the app to uh, request a holiday or uh, find other colleagues uh, and, and or send little compliments to each other or, or uh, keep up with the latest news in the company and stuff like that. Uh, so that actually was my big, my, my first big uh, freelance project, but it was a React Native app. Uh, yeah, so, I, ju- yeah. I just looked it up on your personal website. I'm going to put yeah. the link in the show notes as well. It has sort of an Airbnb vibe uh, from, from the, like, it's a lot of white. There's a date picker. I see some gradients. It, it looks really good. Uh, and they have like a yeah. few images of it. So um, let's get into into why and how I found you. That is the Nightlands app. Let yeah. me let me try to describe. Let's let's paint a picture with my words for people. So twenty <laughs> years ago, Simon really liked to play browser games. Those <laughs> those browser games were not like flash games, but like text based games. Um, I don't know if anyone else has played these games, and I can't find exactly the games I used to play. And I feel like it's been different from country to country because 20 years ago my English was not good, so it was a, certainly a German game. But there was this cult and this trend of, of 
browser games. You log in, you, you build your army, you, you attack someone, like the army travels for six hours and something happens when it arrives. You get some resources and you become the biggest in the galaxy. And now, with the Nightlands app, I feel like Jan has built exactly this. I was been looking for this concept forever, or I didn't know, I was actually looking for it. And when I installed this app and played it, it just, I don't know why, it triggered something internally in Mirror. I, I, I showed it to my brother and other friends and they were all like, yeah, cool app, it has like three ratings. I'm like, this is awesome, this is epic, this is so great, this app, and I was raving about it. So everyone listening, please download the Nightlands app. Um, it is such a fun game. now. Uh, Jan, from your perspective, uh, introduce us to Nightlands. How how did you come up with the idea, and um, yeah, how did how did the whole project started, and when? Because I expect that this took really long to build. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, what Nightlands basically is is uh, is a mobile text based MMO uh, strategy game, and uh, it's funny you mentioned uh, the the browser uh, text based games uh, 20 years ago because that's exactly where I got my inspiration from. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I I used to play Kings of Chaos with my brother when uh, we were like uh, 13, 14, 15 years old, um, and it was this this big um, text-based uh, browser game with over 200,000 uh, players, I believe. Such, such um, a tiny number compared to days. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's really true. But yeah, back back in those days, it was it was huge, uh, especially for for such. Yeah, um, easy text-based game, but uh, my my brother was really really good at the game, and um, at one game round um, he actually finished second of of two hundred thousand players. So yeah, we were really into that. Um, but also in that period, I I found the concept of text-based uh, browser games really interesting. So um, I started creating my own, um, and it was called uh, the Cocktail Bar. Um, and in the Cocktail Bar, players could sign up, um, and they got a unique link. And if they sent a link to their friends and family, and if they click on it, they they actually sold the cocktail. Um, <laughs> and with with, uh, with the income, you could upgrade your bar and hire higher employees and all that stuff. That is such and an interesting concept. Like in in build uh, viral uh, sharing. Yeah, what? yeah. So that's that's back in 2004, uh, but I couldn't program myself. So I I, um, I talked to all these friends from Kings of Chaos who could program and yeah, I have this, this idea for another browser-based browser game. Why, why don't we build it together? And I think we, we ended up with seven different uh, <laughs> people um, building the cocktail bar, but it's yeah, it was it was a time before Git, and just you you edit the code and just uh, uh, through an FTP server you you released it and stuff broke all the time. But it was it was great fun, and uh, it, it's if I'm not mistaken, we had like three thousand players as well. So uh, that's good. That's not yeah, too bad. Was was very fun. What, what was the technology back then? PHP or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, PHP four or something mm. uh, like like the the old school stuff uh, mixed together with then the HTML and yeah, it was not. <laughs> I believe uh, the whole game was one big index file or something. <laughs> with yeah, <it's laughs> but it was great fun. And and ever since I I wanted to to replicate that feeling of of creating a, a community because yeah, there's. I've always enjoyed that feeling of, of when you build something and, and you release it into the world and people actually 
uh, are playing it and, and enjoy it. Um, yeah, that, that that's for me one of the best feelings you can have. Um, and then I always, yeah, yeah, I, I felt like these text-based games could really work as a as a mobile game as well. And and yeah, so so that's that's how I came up uh, with the idea for for creating Nightlands actually. Yeah, it, it's so funny. I also tried to develop my own game, but I was like. 14, maybe 15, I could barely use some PHP and connect to a database. And like, if you know these kind of browser games, you know that like they have usually some sort of resources or some some like every hour you get something. And I it just, yeah, yeah. With, the, with the worst technologies ever, I tried to replicate this behavior and I never released any of those. I had like at least like three or four games. I was always into like the patrician and settler stuff like mm. building up my basin and trading. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I still think like when I installed your app a few weeks later, I was thinking about building my own patrician um, uh, yeah. because there's still nothing good on the app store. At least I feel like where you can yeah. just go with a ship to a town, trade something, send the ship back, like import, export, selling and buying stuff while building out my city. I have a complete yeah, yeah. note on that, um, but I feel like this is taking very long and it's not yeah, only yeah. about programming it's also about game development and I have exactly zero experience with game development so so how yeah, did yeah. you approach this this whole concept of designing the game not not the graphic but like the idea uh, yeah as I said it, it's mostly inspired on, on Kings of Chaos and um, I, I what I what I did was I I try to take out the flaws of Kings of Chaos and, and just make a better game based on that. Um, but actually it's, it's kind of funny because I'm not a big gamer myself, myself or something. Um, I just happened to, to, to create that text-based game when I was 15 and, and it always uh, was in my head to, to do again some someday. So um, yeah, it was definitely a challenge to come up with a, with a great uh, gameplay, but um, I... Uh, when when I was building the game, I, I uh, uh, released it really yeah uh, fast as, an, as a private beta, and it had like hundred people playing it or something, and they all provided feedback. So um, I I tried to listen as much to the feedback of the the uh, the actual players and try to improve the game uh, based on the feedback. But I have this high-level ideas um, that I want to add to the game or something but um, yeah it's it's when it's actually lands into the game then then it's mostly um, by the feedback of the the, the actual uh, players yeah I think especially for a game like this it's it's crucial to have this this sort of community that supports you and, and gives you initial feedback and, and really plays the game. Otherwise, I mean, people just checking out the app for 10 minutes, that won't really help you to, to develop any features. But in terms of design, I was also thinking about, um, let's get a bit, bit into the app. So inside of the app, I can like create a warrior or I can create different kind of units and they have a different price. Like the one unit maybe takes up like five spares and like something bronze or golden or whatever. And there's like a gold behind this and value and the unit one is like cheaper, but is the other one is stronger. Like this whole concept of like the values playing together. How, how did you figure that out? To me, that's like magical. I would say like, okay, const 
cost cost for this 10 this one maybe 12 this one maybe 15 but in the <laughs> end it would just like be a total mess like how do you balance the game uh yeah it's like it's like how you describe it it's a lot of trial and error <laughs> so <laughs> i actually started out by mapping all the units um with uh, all the required items for the for the units and then i tried to balance it with uh giving the the uh, the, the items a, a value and then increasing the value for, for the, the, the better uh, items or weapons um, and then I tried to give each unit a couple of items um, so that the, the, the weaker units are more cheap to, uh, to train or, or to, to buy um, but yeah it's, it's a lot of trial and error and, and um, I also have these game rounds in, the, in my game so every Two months now, the game gets reset and starts over. But um, I'm I will I will always change the the values or the the, the strengths of the the units because yeah, it's it's all also because um, when people are playing the game for for weeks or months, then you'll uh, only know what works and what doesn't work. So um, that's that's really valuable feedback um at that point so yeah yeah i think this is a super interesting concept which you i mean yeah you sometimes see it um the problem is with most of these mmo rpgs or whatever they're called there are a lot of these and they all look the same you know the category where they have some some screenshots in the app store or show a video and the actual game looks completely different that's that's the category i'm talking about yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You, you you basically have no chance of getting into the top 100 top 50 because there are players who are online all the time and spend a lot of money um yeah, and i yeah. found it re really refreshing that when i found your app that was like okay the new round starts tomorrow and i was like okay let's give it a trial let's just join it immediately and then i played for the first five days i was actually number two or number one during like the yeah, first yeah. one or two weeks and i was like this is so cool. I've never been number one without paying in a game. I just, just because I'm a grinding nerd, I can be number one in this game. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And, and, and just, by the way, to, to confirm that I've been a, a real nerd about this game, one morning, I actually tried to reverse engineer the prices for all the units. So I made a sheet, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wrote down the units, the items they need, which power they will have. And so basically having an index of power to money, uh, which is, I guess, what, what real nerds in the, in the games are doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's real fun to hear. And a couple of, of friends send me like photos of uh, Excel sheets and stuff or, yeah. or they're written down all, all, the, all the, the values of the units. So, yeah, that's, that's real fun for me to hear. Um, <laughs> so yeah. I, I really, you see, I really enjoyed playing the game. Uh, it required only my time um, yeah, yeah. and I and, didn't have to pay. Yeah, I wanted to say, um, I think... The, the mobile gaming space is is really broken uh, at this at this point because they're all pay to win uh, like you mentioned um, the screenshots they don't look like the actual gameplay um, for instance on Twitter you I, I only see ads for for mobile games but they're um, they, they all have these community notes uh, on it saying like this is not the actual gameplay yeah so then I, I don't see the point in doing that but um, yeah, so I when starting out this game, I promised myself to never ever make uh, make this a pay-to-win game because it just ruins the experience for everyone. Um, and also, yeah, what you said um, on, on on those game rounds, 
I had a couple of people complaining actually about that because you lose all progress. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's the only way um, as this is a progressive game to to yeah where where everyone gets a chance when when it gets gets reset to to actually compete for those top rankings. So yes, yeah. Yeah, so so for example, I play one of the biggest games, Clash of Clans, on and off. Uh, and my brother has been playing it basically since it was released. So he's like level 250. And I came back last year and I'm now level 120. So I have pretty much no chance to ever reach him again in yeah, like yeah. The, the foreseeable future, which is kind of sad. I mean, they balance it somehow different with, with also seasons and items you can get and whatnot. Yeah, um, yeah, but exactly. But, how, but how, how long did it take you to release the first version of that app? Um, does it require a backend and the app? Um, I started working on it in 2020. So when, when COVID hit, um, we, we all mm -hmm. had those free time. Um, and back then I didn't work on it alone. I had this uh, uh, yeah, backend uh, developer who uh, worked with me on, on the campaign project. Uh, actually uh, who, who who created the backend uh, for for the the very first version of the game in uh, PHP because uh, mm -hmm. he's a Laravel developer um, so I did the design and the, the react native front end and that I think it took like six months or something um, but yeah not full-time uh, working yeah. on it but but uh, yeah six months as a, as a side project with <laughs> a lot of time <laughs> to, because yeah it was go with time so yeah. Uh, and and by by now, uh, are you still working as a team of two, or are you now working alone on the application? Uh, at the moment, I'm working alone on the application because um, I also uh, yeah I paid him to to create the backend, but yeah that was not sustainable. Uh, and then I reached out to the community of Nightlands uh, to for for uh, other people to help with the backends, and then I met uh, these really great guys. Um, uh, Simon and uh, uh, Jorge, who helped me on the backend as well, but uh, it was yeah they both had full time jobs and it was very hard uh, to to manage. Um, uh, yeah, that's why I decided to to go solo on it, and I had one problem with that, and and that was I I'm not a PHP developer, and mm -hmm. I don't have the interest in learning PHP <laughs> as well, uh, so I I rewrote uh, the backend uh, in uh, in Node. Oh. Uh, which was a very, very fun thing to do actually, and then I learned uh, a lot by doing that. Um, but it was it was the the first backend I ever made. Uh, yeah. Did Did you use any like cool framework or just Node and Express? Um, I used Apollo Server um, mm -hmm. because for the the I've I've worked with the Apollo client before um, because yeah it's it's a great um, state library for GraphQL APIs. Uh, so it was for me very obvious to to choose uh, Apollo Server, uh, yeah. So so we have now okay we had PHP but now where we have Node uh, on the backend side and React Native on the application side. Why, why did you settle on GraphQL over REST API? Was there a, simply a, a preference, or did you work with it before, or do you think it would make the app any any way better? Uh, I've worked before with uh, GraphQL, um, and yeah, for, for me it was kind of obvious to do it with GraphQL also because uh, for a React Native app, I 
don't have lots of experience of, of using REST API as a as a backend. So yeah, I, I just went with GraphQL and, and when I look yeah well when I look back to it now it's it's actually a really great uh, decision because yeah there's you only have to query like one one endpoint to get all the data. Um, so for for the game which has uh, lots of different queries and mutations. Uh, it's it's yeah good a good choice. And, and what's the database you're using uh, behind the server? Uh, MongoDB. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was initially thinking that, that like Firebase or something would make a great database for sort of a real time project. Did you consider it or? Um, um, no, I didn't didn't consider it because yeah I I try to have this pragmatic mindset of. Um, like okay, I I'm going to build uh, the backend by myself. Uh, I really don't know how to do it, but I know Apollo, so I use Apollo Server. And then I, I looked through the docs of Apollo Server, and they they were all mentioning like uh, yeah, what the the most e easy way to hook a database is, is with MongoDB. So I just went with MongoDB without the, <laughs> without doing a deep dive or into it or something. So yeah, that's and and yeah, it, it's working for now, but. Maybe maybe the backend has, has these huge scalability problems in the future, but but yeah, that's that's a problem we'll, we'll figure out then uh, if ever that happens. So yeah, I try to have a very pragmatic mindset when when developing tool uh, prod products or doing projects. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the best way to actually ship something. Uh, and you've proven it, and I think you can have like a couple of thousands or hundred thousands of users until you actually run into performance problems. Um, so it was a smart move to go from PHP to, to Node because you now understand what you do and you can confidently work on all the parts of the game. Yeah. Um, I have a question which is probably based on my, my own interest of developing such a game. Like I've always been thinking about every hour or 30 minutes in the game you get like new resources, gold or, or whatever. Yeah. How does it work? Is it is it as easy as just a crunch up that runs every thirty minutes, or like I, I always fear that if I would do something like that and then like do a redeployment, I would just mess up those crunch ups or the timing. Like like how does this this game progression in the background work? Um, is it is it hard or is it easy? Um, well, it's it's actually easy because it's it's uh, indeed uh, just a regular crunch up um, that. Um, that runs every half hour to get the gold and every hour to update the rankings and, and uh, provide uh, new citizens. Um, but I'm, I'm using uh, Heroku um, to um, yeah as as a server, yeah. um, and they have like these add-ons, and I'm just using like the Heroku scheduler or the yeah to to uh, use the cron jobs for that. And it's basically yeah just a script that runs every 30 minutes. Yeah, that's, that's the concept of a crunch so, up. You probably uh, know. so yeah, so it's not not even directly in the server. It's also a combination with Heroku. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, yeah, tri yeah. that triggers the script basically every thirty minutes yeah. or something. Also, there I just tried to, to find the most easy way to set it up because um, yeah, then I'm, I don't have a very good understanding of of cron jobs or scheduled jobs or stuff like that. So <laughs> I just went with uh, with what I thought was the most easy way, and and yeah. It's working for now, and, and that's the, that's the uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the I mean, I mean I've used the Roku as well in the past. At some point, I think last year, they got a lot of backlash because they removed like the free instances, and mm. everyone had to pay. Uh, and then I looked for, for other solutions, so just 
couple of others are like I think render.com, fly.io, and railway. Uh, I think I've used all of them before. I mean, they they all provide pretty much the same. You connect your GitHub repository and, mm -hmm. and they build it, and you hope that the build is not failing because yeah, yeah. <laughs> otherwise you're gonna uh, run into a lot of problems. Um, speaking of problems, what, what was the the most challenging part of, of developing Nightlands, both in the maybe in the back end and as well in the front end? Um, in the back end, it, I, it was definitely setting up the the scheduled jobs. Um, because, like I said, it was the first time I ever um, yeah, had to do stuff like that, and I, I particularly had, had difficulties understanding Redis. Um, <laughs> and and <laughs> yeah, I can I can say I I, I don't even uh, understand the full of it uh, <laughs> now, but um, yeah, it, it it definitely was was Redis on the back end for me. Um, and on the front end, well, what, what um, is Redis on the back end? To be honest, I, I think I used it, but is it like a queue for jobs or something? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. how are you using it? Yeah. So for instance, when you train a unit, um, all these units have these uh, different training times. Mm -hmm. um, so for instance, I think a militia unit uh, needs to be trained for 10 seconds. So that's a scheduled job that needs to happen in the 10 seconds in the future. So that's being pushed into the Redis queue. Uh, and then Redis, Redis will execute uh, uh, the job. Um, <sighs> But yeah, how how it works behind uh, under the hood, I I don't really know. But yeah, <laughs> it does the job for me, and that's that's the most important thing. Um, and on the front end, um, the, the the biggest challenge was I think um, yeah, let me think uh, like like setting up the, all the 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 screens in React Navigation uh, because mm -hmm. yeah. The, the game now has like these, I, I, I think like 20 different screens and it became a big mess. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, so so I I had to rewrite uh, a lot of, um, and, and also keeping up with all the updates um, because things go really fast in the front end space. Um, like uh, Apollo clients, they, they release, um, yeah, very, very, uh, very fast new new versions. Uh, which aren't always backward compatible, so you you have to keep up with that. Um, also, React Native itself. Um, Are you using uh, Expo, or is it is it a bare React Native CLI project? Yeah, it's a bare React Native uh, project. Uh, actually, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I never worked with Expo. But <laughs> 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 I, I really like the customizability of a bare React Native stuff, so you're not. Um, locked in to to anything and um, so so the the possibilities are are uh yeah endless but i i don't know if if you're actually locked in to the to the expo um world if you're using it but uh yeah you're actually not not really locked in anymore um, uh, yeah. you, you're pretty free like you can do a pre-build and then you still have like an ios and an android project and you can do basically everything you want, but really, yeah. um, if, it, if it works for you, I mean, if, you, if you're if you fine with it, that's cool. Yeah. Um, but I assume you're actually, or I wouldn't think that an app like this is actually using a lot of native services. I mean, you have Apple sign-in as far as I know, which is a native functionality, but beyond that, you don't really have any camera or anything else. Is, is there like anything challenging in terms of native modules or native code that the app requires? Nope. 
No, I don't have any. I don't need to write any any Swift or or Java or something. No, it's it's uh, it's not using. Yeah, apart from the sign-in uh, that you mentioned, it's not using any native uh, things. No, it's all just uh, the uh, JavaScript packages. I, g I guess uh, working on on the React Native side is then probably kind of boring in the app project, as you like develop all the features in the back end, and the front end is just like a representation of the data. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's but, uh, it, it's not boring. I wouldn't say <laughs> it's boring, but, but but yeah, it's it's what I'm most confident with uh, doing. So um, yeah, the the challenge for me is now coming up with a great gameplay and then um, translating that to the the backend queries and mutations, and then yeah, the front end is 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 where the <laughs> for me where the fun is to just yeah create a nice app and and. Uh, yeah, to make sure it all looks great and feels great and, and uh, connects into the game very nicely. S speaking of things you want to add um, to the game, what, what are your next plans? I, I was thinking that if you embrace React Native or React Native Web, you could actually nicely also build a, a web application out of this. Is this on your roadmap or uh, I, th I think you actually have an open roadmap. I'm sorry, I did not look it up, but can you let <laughs> us know like what, what's on your roadmap next for Nightlands? Um, well, I've, I've, I've thought about it in the past to, to also release it as a, as a web version um, because yeah, it's it's been proven that text-based games are are great uh, in the in the browser. Um, but first and foremost, I want to create a solid and fun gameplay, and the, I feel that the game isn't there yet. Um, so what it lacks, in my opinion, is is like these uh, community uh, features, like uh, like a clan, like a clan or or an alliance where you where you can group together as a player to achieve goals or. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, do these challenges or or uh, attacking uh, a stronger opponents, but with with your alliance. So um, that's what I'm going to focus on next is uh, the community aspect, and and also improving the core gameplay better. Um, I've also also had this idea of um, using these um, of creating these magic items. So it's like these items you could buy, uh, and then use them to to yeah. For instance, then 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 you're double as powerful uh, to attack uh, someone when you use the item, um, stuff like that. Also, implement trading between players to also mm -hmm. create that community uh, aspect. Um, but the the biggest new thing will be uh, alliances. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely something most games have, and um, yeah, for me. Uh, giving you some some live feedback, I've, I played it for a couple of weeks, and I think at some point I just got not bored but it was very repetitive so i was doing my my day was basically trying to find opponents which have like gay gold available attack them put it into my stash do it again in an hour or something uh, and it was like always very repetitive when you are at the top you can attack like 10 or 15 other people so you kind of know the names and everyone's just Basically, we were all just exchanging gold, so everyone was stealing from each other, and I, I couldn't yeah. save up for the next level of my bank to save gold or something. There was like a gap between at some point. It worked in the beginning, but then not. And so, 
yeah, I, I just felt like, oh, I'm doing this all the time. And then I was on the cruise, so everything came together. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that's really val valid uh, feedback because it's, it's not a game you open and you, you go like, okay, now I'm going to game for an hour. It's more like this, this casual game um, with repetitive tasks when you open once every two hours or something and spend your gold or maybe attack another player. Um, so that's that's... That's also, I think, one of the biggest challenges for the game is to when you open the game, there's always something new or something more exciting to do than just only uh, attacking other players or, or spend your gold on, on uh, new items. Yeah, I, I think a lot of applications have these like, like tapping, like just tapping to collect resources. I think that's how a lot of games get you, even if you just let like a, a tiny fraction of the resource and you can also get it like in an hour, but this tapping, it is in the Simpsons app, it is in, in Clash of Clans and pretty much everything. You can just log in and tap on some, some collector to collect your resources. Um, that's how these games kind of get you, I, I, I feel at least. Yeah, um, yeah. So you, you spend a lot of time on it. You probably haven't counted the hours, but it's going to be a lot of days over <laughs> over the years. Yeah, um, definitely. Do do you, you you said you don't want to ruin the game by introducing uh, paid features, but do you have any idea how you could monetize this at the end of the day in, in like a couple of months or in a year? Uh, anything that would not break the game, but still like help you to monetize it? And because at some point you, you're gonna have to pay for the service. Heroku isn't free, you're paying probably like 20 to $50 per month on databases and hosting. Mm -hmm. Any idea how you can monetize the game? Yeah, there are, there are some ideas. Um, and one of them is, is uh, providing this uh, premium plan um, because the, the, the game is text-based and works with a lot of numbers. So um, what I could do is, is, is provide this, this premium plan where you get all these extra statistics uh, about how many uh, players you attacked, how many total gold you, you collected, um, what your highest uh, yeah, the amount of gold was you've stolen and, and stuff like that. So that's, that's one of the things. Um, but also um, another idea is to add these in-app purchases, but only if it benefits like the, the, the whole game um, or or just basic stuff like if you want to change your username or something um, during an age yeah then then you can uh, mm. yeah buy it buy it through these in-app purchases and like let's say they're called the night coins then you you can buy one night going to change your uh, username um, but also if it benefits like the whole game for instance the the, the game has this concept called mercenaries um, and uh, the mercenaries become available to hire um, every yeah between every two and four hours um, and it's a it's a random amount of mercenaries that's available for for the whole game to to hire but um, if they're um, if all the mercenaries are, are are hired you can't hire them um, you can't hire anymore so that will be uh, one of the things I could consider is if you pay like one night coin, then a new ship of mercenaries will arrive. But it's like it's beneficial for you, but also for for everyone else in the game. So it's not a, um, yeah, it's it's my opinion not a direct pay to win, but because you you benefit like the others as well. And um, yeah, the mercenaries that become available will will be way too too much for one person to to hire at a time. So. 
Um, that's that's also another idea. Um, but yeah, the another thing is ads. But I, also, I think ads in games they 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 just ruin the game experience. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah, that's it, not even an idea. But it makes the um, game look so cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And if you're in this fantasy world, especially text based, it's it's all in your head. It's not like you you visually see the world. It's it's like this 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 build of fantasy. Uh, world and if you then see see an ad for for like shoes or something or or a new <laughs> new watch, they're like, yeah, doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I I think that's an interesting point because I could only think about the usual stuff that I've seen in games before. So I buy night coins, and with my night coins, I can research faster, I can train faster, I can attack stronger, whatever. But that's always going straight into the direction of pay to win because somebody will pay 100 euros to be the strongest and the fastest and just climb the ladder. But the concept of like benefiting the whole game, I don't know if I've seen it in any kind of application yet, but I really like it because it kind of fosters also the community of the game as like these players, like maybe they can say something, oh, thanks, Dave, thanks for bringing new mechaneries into the game. And, um, yeah, I think that's a that's a, a great way, and definitely, please, please don't do ads. They are so horrible. <laughs> no, no, no. I promise, I, I won't sorry. ever do ads. <laughs> um, so I have one last question, which is once again very selfish. But if I now had an idea like like a Nightlands game, uh, as I said, I would really like to do something like a patrician. You have ships, you sail around. What do you think? Like, how long does a project like this take? Development of the back end, development of the front end, and, and shipping like the first version. What what do you think people can expect if they want to get started? Because this is not the the Flinder application you create uh, in five days and then just mm -hmm. give it a shot. This is certainly a higher time commitment. Do you have any idea what some can someone can expect? How long stuff like this takes? Um. Yeah, a lot of time um, to to create a game like this also goes into the the the, the creativity phase where you need to come up with a, with a ga great gameplay, which is yeah hard to put into hours. Um, but yeah, all in all, I would say you you have to take like a year or something to come up with a very very basic version of the game. Um, because first you need to come up with a great gameplay, then uh, you need to design it, then you need to set up the, the, the back end and the front end, um, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I would I would uh, would say like <laughs> like a year uh, or something like that. Yeah. So I should better probably team up with somebody or yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least one or two other people who can do like the back end and yeah, yeah. Uh, splitting up the work. Yeah, and, and also I think it's great to not have any expectations of it. So if you think like, oh yeah, well, I really want to build this game and, and you can picture already a million users or, or players, um, yeah, then, then you definitely will be disappointed. Um, so if you approach it like it's a project for me to learn all the aspects of, of uh, creating a, a digital, digital product, um, then, then, then it's uh, really something interesting to do, yeah. Yeah, I guess the the just having a people play what you developed should be the reward in this case yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. not tied to any financial outcome. How, how many players does Nightland currently have or how big is your community on Discord? 
so now we're in H2, so the second game round um, of the public release. Um, and we have like 100 uh, active players at the moment, but in total there were 600 or 700 uh, people who already played the game from all over the world, uh, which is very nice. And in the Discord, I think we have like 80, uh, 80 people. Um, yeah. That's a strong foundation for, for future development yeah. and ideas. Testing. Yeah, and I'm not focusing on, on marketing yet or, or, or any kind of, of marketing stuff. Um, but I, the greatest motivator for me now is, is really seeing these people in the Discord, for instance, uh, talking about the game, talking about strategies. And um, yes, uh, I, I actually keep a little folder on my computer where, where I take a screenshot of all the very good feedback to <laughs> where I take a look uh, at once in a while to really motivate myself. And yeah, the people are actually enjoying this, so don't give up because yeah, sometimes it's... <laughs> it's it's very tough to do as well. Uh, you have to really go for it and and believe in yourself and and yeah, really stop doubting yourself and and stuff like that. And yeah, just go with it and and yeah and enjoy the 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 journey and <laughs> not the destination. Yeah, to, to uh, wind up in a <laughs> yeah. I think those are those are perfect last words, and I can uh, strongly <laughs> encourage everyone to do the same. I also have a note in my notes application where I keep positive comments I get on YouTube and, and Twitter. So whenever I feel really bad, I look at the positive comments. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which really uplift me. Which, uh, if you put stuff out on the internet, you will always get a lot of hate, no matter what you do. So I can put yeah, up yeah. 600 free videos, and people will still. Uh, have a negative comment under my videos and I assume it's the same your game is totally free you've spent like 100 days on it and people will still say why are there no graphics or something that makes you feel bad so yeah having a positivity note definitely helps yeah yeah I call the note uh, the anti-imposter syndrome uh, note so <laughs> perfect <laughs> yeah. perfect I can re recommend it to all to everyone listening yeah <laughs> to so Hannah. Jan Thank you so much for joining me. This was actually Jan's first podcast interview. He was very yeah. excited about it up front. I think <laughs> Jan did a great job uh, with that. Um, Jan, where can people find out more about you or your projects? Um, you can follow me on, on Twitter um, or X as it's called now, but yeah, oh, I yeah. refuse to say X. Um, and my, my profile is slash uh, Echelpool. It's, it's like my last name, but it's... Uh, uh, twitter.com slash ECHLPL or on my new website uh, jve.works you can find some uh, uh, yeah contact info and for everyone else of course also check out nightlands.app <clears throat> there are the links to nightlands although this is not the project that's bringing any money but it's the <laughs> project that's bringing fun to you right yeah definitely. Uh, it's, it's the most fun project I've ever done <laughs> Right, so definitely support Jan. Maybe I'm going to join again in the next uh, century, uh, in the next age when it starts over, and I'm looking forward to the new features then. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to uh, learn more about React Native, you can also check out galaxies.dev, where I host all my courses. We have a free quick start course now, where the first part is free, second part is about optimizing the app, and tons of other courses. So. Go check that out and, of course, subscribe to the podcast. And again, thanks, Jan, for taking the time today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Bye. Bye-bye.